You know, I'm pretty surprised that uh, AMC decided to make the final two episodes of Better Call Saul um, Quibi exclusives. <laughs> it's the future what, media, so... Maybe. What's the maximum video length there? Is it 10 minutes? 10 minutes. Their their whole thing is... So they have a couple of uh, core pieces of technology. Not, well, actually, I don't think this part's uh, proprietary technology, but they have the thing where you can break up a movie into like 10-minute uh, quick bites or quibbies, if you will. Uh, but the other part that actually is kind of cool about it, and I haven't used the service and I have no intention of using this service um, unless it gets acquired by HP, um, is that it has a thing where you uh, it's like one big video file, but it um, knows what area to focus on if you use it in portrait orientation. Sorry for for the for the listeners who have found a way to avoid this news, which is completely irrelevant. And if you wait three months, won't be a going concern anymore. Uh, Quibi is a service, much like um, the uh, the departed uh, Go ninety service that uh, one telecommunications company made, uh, where it's mobile first video. So it's it's new original star studded content that is only viewable on your phone. There is no uh, website or TV or uh, like Roku, Amazon Fire or TVOS app for it. It's just on your phone. And if you try to load it on your iPad, it's kind of like Instagram where it's just a blown up phone app. Anyway, it won't actually matter and it doesn't matter. And it was mostly a throwaway joke about Better Call Saul, which has been very, very good. So, well, a couple of things. One is I did not have the, um, the, what, what was your phrase about what I needed to have in order to effectively watch Better Call Saul? It was, um, let's go to this new redesigned Slack that still is messing up the brain. Oh, it, 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 I needed to schedule it, uh, where I could watch it with undivided attention. And that was, uh, not available to me this <laughs> evening. So, uh, <laughs> um, so I've not yet watched Better Call Saul, so no spoilers. Um, oh no, it's fine. But like for for a season that's had its high and low points, I think this was, was a higher point. Okay. Um, yeah. The I guess the the then the second thing is the summary of Quibi here is I'm gonna I'm just gonna steal this um, straight from TechCrunch's headline because I think this summarizes things pretty well. The headline is Quibi launches its mobile streaming service in the middle of the quarantine era, and then the byline is. The app is slick. The content is just okay. Yeah, so it sound, sounds right. Like I, I feel like just my 30 seconds on this is like I, I feel like we have a good like ecosystem and stasis on content right now where there's that whole land rush that Netflix, Hulu, Amazon, and now Apple are going for where they're making like prestige, like big budget content for the big screen which you can scale down to a small screen and then there's instagram stories tiktok youtube and all that kind of stuff for phone centric stuff so i don't really see where even if this what like while we can acknowledge that this is probably the worst time for the service to possibly launch because it's like nobody's leaving their house but like even if it wasn't that i still feel like nobody would give a shit about this so something i've been thinking about lately uh, related to the availability of content you were just talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, so as you know, from our offline online conversations and perhaps how listeners are starting to um, know about my, based on my comments here on the show, I think we're going to be in our, our current state for, for a fair amount of time. And I've been kind of thinking like, like the, like the don't go outside state. Yeah. 
um like I've, I've been kind of wondering like what's what's the lead time with tv so like for example on hgtv if i'm watching <laughs> um you know the property a, triplets or whatever it, exactly right and you know there you know there've been a bunch of new episodes on recently like at what point do we does basically like the lead time that these networks have run out and the time where there would be more new content coming out would have been created during like the time that we're in now like i don't know what that lead time is so like when are we going to run out of new content i don't think we ever run out of new i mean it would have to be years for us to run into content because well so so a few things so you basically you want to know what hollywood time is or hollywood calendars Mm, is exactly yeah um yeah i think that like netflix says um like what is it is marathon pace the term but like they, they would just slow down their usual like frenzied release schedule like where you know how like on netflix it feels like every, every hour there's like four original new series that you're supposed to watch the entirety of like i feel they would just slow that down a little bit if it turn if it seemed that like traditional media production and 100 person in-person shoots were not going to happen for a while like i think they probably have enough in the can to uh to fix that uh but yeah that that's that's a good thing the, the only things that i would say about that are i really i really hope they have already wrapped up uh succession season three really really hope that it's all just like some dude editing now because i'm gonna be super bummed if that gets pushed back a long time because that was the best show of last year and then the other part is this is not a show that i watch anymore but it is really weird for top chef to have launched like right as all the shelter in place um orders went out because one one of the judges on there had to like basically like disband or like eliminate all the jobs at his restaurant group and also top chef is just one of those shows that feels like the most frivolous or it's like it, it's 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 a luxury show like we're having people fret over like um high class eats is not really um doesn't really mesh with the times so that was kind of a big bummer for them so i have a couple more thoughts all of my all of my reactions are coming in sets of two here it's fine this would be one of those weeks where we don't actually get to any of the content and those are usually the best ones so. well because because we're saving our content for you know when we run out of new content <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So number one, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm seriously not making this up. This season of Top Chef is Wait, the, are you watching it? Is the first one I've ever watched. Is it good? Um, also, it is the season a big they alternate between uh car sponsors. So is this season sponsored by BMW or Infinity this year? Or uh, no, the uh, this is the so it's a uh, it's uh, Top Chef All Stars Los Angeles. So it's a bunch of returning chefs, I guess, who have been yeah, on they've the done show that previously. like four times already. Sure, um, yeah, they, it's it's funny because they'll go back and show uh, clips from when some of the chefs were originally on the show, mm-hmm. um, and it may as well be a clip from like 1986. Some they had like five seasons that were in four by three standard, yeah. and those those because they do. They do Top Chef All-Stars and Top Chef Masters, both of which it's like, oh, let's just bring back the people that... This is kind of like when John Syracuse talks about Survivor and I just could not care less. It's the same thing where the show has been on forever and they just kind of go back to that every once in a while. 
basically how are you, how are you liking it it's it's fine it's it's not um it's not great it's not but amazing. it's it's good enough that it i'm gonna probably watch the the whole season doesn't have to be good just as beyond i don't care for either of the hosts um who's the other host so this padma couldn't the, even couldn't even tell you their names the bald the bald guy that's tom that's tom calicchio and he's the one who has a restaurant group that laid off 300 people right as the show premiered and it's not that it's funny but like it's that just like the timing is just like so much of it since it's happened six months before it's just like when you look at the actual like concurrent news it's just so odd well so then that that brings me to my second point which is the lady friend and i are watching another show called what's it called it's um um what channel it's on it's on it's on the food network it's like Las Vegas Price Fight is what it's called, and the the premise with this is there. I forget how many chefs they started with. We'll call it eight, and the, the, <laughs> it's it's very. Um, it, it this is this show is actually the reason we started watching Top Chef because the the format's very very similar. And so the lady friend had brought up Top Chef, and she asked me if I had ever watched it, and I said no. And she realized that there was a season just starting. And so we gave that first episode a try, and so that's why I'm now watching Top Chef. Um, but back to Las Vegas Prize Fight. So something that I noticed that they started doing, I noticed it for the first time just this last week. So the show's been on for four or five weeks now, so it, it kind of started like right before things got real bad. And I just noticed this past week that at the beginning of the show now, there's like this little disclaimer in the bottom corner that's like, Hey, this was filmed back in September 2019. <laughs> in the before times. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's actually what then, for another callback here, that's then what prompted me to really start thinking about like, huh, I wonder what the usual lead time is on series like that. And like, so when can I expect to basically not have any more of these? Um, yeah. Yeah, I think reality TV probably will be the first thing that dries up. Um, but it's probably for the best. <laughs> Well, but even, I mean, you know, like one of the, this seems like ages ago now, because it happened actually pretty early on where there were stories coming out about like production on the morning show being shut down. Um, so, I mean, shows like that too, I think, I mean, that the odds of that show coming out, because it was supposed to come out basically when everybody's one year free trial was up in November. And I think the odds of that show coming out this year are just about zero. So... A TV like that's going to get pushed back. Now, how will we ever find out what happens to Bradley Cooper? <laughs> that was um, also that was a we'll call that a top ten to fifteen uh, moment ever on this show. I think Bradley Jackson and Bradley like those are names that if if just in the middle of the night you it it's you'd stub your toe on either one. <laughs> um. So I was uh, so I googled Las Vegas Prize Fighter or whatever, and so. I, I don't know the names of anybody who's on the thing. Well, no, no spoilers. But Food Network does that that annoying thing that websites do where, like, if you just keep scrolling at the end of the article, it just brings up a new article, which I hate when that happens. Oh, yeah. The lady friend and I just finished this, the Tournament of Champions. Uh, <laughs> it was well, really good. Okay. Let me go back into my own private Slack channel. There's this there's this tweet that I've been saving for whenever I can't think of an opening one week, but, you know, I'm going I'm to break it out today. Uh, it is from Abe Goldfarb and it says, can't believe I used to make fun of Guy Fieri. What a fucking asshole I was. 
The man is living his best life. All he wants to do is fry and dump sauce on things and give every person he meets a rad nickname. So maybe maybe I am being too hard on him, but uh, yeah, I, I I will never spend conscious hours watching the Guy Fieri Tournament of Champions. This actually was another show that kind of sparked watching Top Chef because like half of the half of the chefs in this competition were from uh, seasons of Top Chef. Yeah, Padma's going to beat you up now. It's not a fair comparison. <laughs> um, so anyway, I, so 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 you're saying that Top Chef does not have a, a car sponsor this year? Like, who are the who are the marquee sponsors? Oh, so I, I have so I, there's multiple threads that I've not closed off here. So let, mm-hmm. let me let me um let me circle back, if you will, sure. to a, to mm-hmm. a couple of these. Mm-hmm. Um, so Las Vegas price fight. Let me let me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We're reassembling the onion, and usually only I'm the person that does that. (laughs) Let me close the loop on that first. So I, I I didn't, I didn't actually ever finish explaining what that show was. So the winner of this show gets to become the head chef of a new ten million dollar restaurant that the Caesars Group is opening. I think in the Flamingo Hotel. I forget which hotel it is, but it's it's kind of during that moment of the intro where they they show the little thing on the screen like, hey, this this was filmed back in September. We know it's not the most tasteful thing right now, but this was filmed months ago when you know that was okay. Um, <laughs> or when Las Vegas as an entity was o- was open, yeah. Um. What was the What was the other loop we were closing? Was it something uh, with Top d- Chef? What What are the marquee sponsors oh, of Top Chef? Is, that, is, it, is it a car company or is it Pellegrino again or who is it? So you know they do a lot of driving around. Oh yeah, they do um, to the Whole Foods. The, the Whole Foods has come up a couple of times. Yeah. Oh yeah, every week. Um, it they they drive around in BMW SUVs. Mm-hmm. I that's, couldn't. That's their go to sponsor usually. So it's usually an X5 or the gaudy as hell X7. Yeah, I, I don't couldn't tell you which BMW model it was. It's the one that's like a Model X, but uglier. But <laughs> but the the main sponsor, the one who I, I guess is is sponsoring the prize money at the end. At least that's kind of what they because when they when they say the amount, they then say furnished by and then this brand. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's the largest prize money pool I guess they've ever had. That's what they keep saying. It's two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. It's usually a hundred thousand, so it checks out. So yeah, so that's more than double. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you're using, you're using that that uh, stimulus money, man. <laughs> uh, we should probably just start over again. Um, so it's it's so furnished. Just the, let's just where's where's the doc? Let me delete everything. <laughs> <laughs> so it's furnished by. It's not a car company. You want to take any more guesses? Most years, it's healthy choice. Okay, it's not foods. It's not that. Uh, a hundred thousand dollar prize pool plus a no, feature in Food two, and Magazine. Two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. Well, no, I'm just doing the intro that's burned in my brain oh. after seasons of watching this. Uh-huh. Uh What 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 vertical or or what what industry is it? Is it food? Is it? I, yeah, I, I like I like the phrase they say furnished by. I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually it's a. It's a product category that's near and dear to this very program. We have a recurring segment. Hell. We have a recurring segment we come back to on this show. Well, yeah, is it Pellegrino? It is. Well, no, the, yeah, because it's it's always BMW and Pellegrino. We didn't say Pellegrino earlier. Oh yeah, and, and it's fine. Yeah, I did, <laughs> but it's fine. I don't think you did. I go back to the tape. If I say if only if only we've been recording this. Um. <clears throat> 
Yeah, so it's usually. I, I was gonna. I was gonna be like, if you said it was bubbly or PepsiCo, I was gonna. I was gonna hang up. If, if you did, if you did say it earlier, I'm gonna edit it out. So listeners, <laughs> listeners will never know. I'm not, I'm gonna publish the uh, the um the raw, I'm gonna, the raw audio. Where's the 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 New York Times tip line? <laughs> yeah. Do it there. I'll send it through Signal. Anyway, so yeah, Top Chef, it's pretty all right. It, um, it's it's exceedingly okay. And they 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 apparently have this thing. It's it's the iPad of reality shows. Mm. <laughs> uh, they have this thing called um, I think it's called Last Chance Kitchen. Yeah, so that's your way. Basically, they hold one spot in the finals for like it's the final two, and then whoever's been playing in this like concurrent web series becomes the the third place competitor. So yeah, it's it's a last. They show it in advance of the credits. And then you can watch it at bravotv.com. Is that, so that's how it works? The person gets to come back in at, on, at the finale? So basically the person that loses, that gets eliminated uh, that week competes against the person who won le- the week prior's Last Chance Kitchen. And that person who makes it to the end of Last Chance Kitchen joins the final two. So the... For the later you get eliminated, the better odds you have of coming back because you have to win fewer times. Correct. Like technically, even if you get eliminated first, you can win like 12 weeks in a row. But, but so, so sure. But usually the first people to get eliminated from the show are kind of like they're like the dingling candidates. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what were we talking about? Oh, yeah. So. Yeah. Where were we? Oh, OK. So we'll, let me go back to my notes. You want to start the show? No, that's fine. I think that was that was solid gold. That was the, we're at, we're at twenty minutes. That was two full quibbies. Um. Uh. So yeah. So bleeding. There's one. There's one quiz that I sent to you in the Slack that we will get to in a minute. But like we talked about last week, how kind of like I right now I can't really listen to podcasts that I want to enjoy because of just like omnipresent anxiety. Yeah. So. Same thing with like TV and movies, but one thing I have had, like I've just wanted like background noise. So I've been rewatching Mad Men and it's the first time I've ever done this where I normally like if I'm watching like a drama or some type of thing, like I can't just have it on in the background because I need to pay attention to it. But I've come to the realization that Mad Men is an exceedingly mediocre show and it doesn't require full attention. Yeah, that's fair. Like it, Mad Men went on for like seven seasons, right? It did. I think the only reason, looking back, that I enjoyed it is because it happened to be on just in the time of my life where I was entering the workforce, kind of for the mm-hmm. first time. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know. There was just sort of something about that which connected with me. But like, had that show come out today, I. It's hard to imagine I would have been because I, I was really into Mad Men at the time, but it's hard to imagine I'd I'd be that way if it came on today. Yeah, so like a couple quick things on it. So yeah, like it had like seven seasons, and I think that in, like it, it's probably six because AMC did that whole like let's split the final season and try to drum up more money from this. But it's not really that good. There were like two and a half seasons that were amazing. Uh, especially whichever season contained the one where Don and Peggy yell at that's what the money's for. But like, it's really not that remarkable. And the first season is 
they like lean in super hard into the hey it's the 60s and like everybody's casually racist and sexist like they tone that down after season one but i forgot how like not even that like it's shocking or bad it's just that it's it's very um like ham-handed i don't know that 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 jumps out at me ham handed i see what you did there Hmm? john ham ham nice oh yeah I don't know. So yes, yeah, you've, so you've been sitting on that all week. No, I forgot. Um, <laughs> I also don't find him. You know the people that are again. We're going to talk about nothing that actually is on the agenda. But that's fine. You know how those those personalities like Justin Timberlake and the people who like just they just go on SNL for no reason. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like I don't know. I don't. I don't. I I enjoy John Hamm, but I don't really. I don't really get the whole like cult of personality around him. No, I I like him. I enjoy him. Like, I think he's it. fine, but when he was on Thirty Rock, I didn't. Uh, I didn't really. It wasn't my favorite. But the whole like just John Hamm is somewhere isn't really doesn't do it for me. Mm. Yeah. Is there is there an actor or an actress who does do that for you? Yes, I'm struggling to think of one, but I mean, like, hmm. yeah, I don't know, but there definitely are some. Okay. Like a, a quick uh, early pick of the week. This whole, um, or Chef Special, this whole, um, what's it called? What's the thing that John Krasinski is doing right now? Oh, the Good good News Today or something? Something like that, but it, I think he just ripped off the title of The Morning Show. But what is it? <laughs> I know the acronym is SGN, but I forget. John, I don't know how to spell his last name, though. Krasinski. I don't think anybody does. Oh, Google figured out SGN. It's called Some Good News. Some Good an, News, yeah. Yeah, so it's an ad-free thing that he's doing on um, on YouTube right now. And the second episode, I'm not going to spoil it, but it, it is the best. Um, but yeah, he's good. Also, I maybe I just didn't keep up with him since The Office because I've never been inclined to watch the, the Jack Ryan thing. Yeah. But uh, yeah, his voice sounds very different. Or maybe it's just his home recording setup, but it sounds way different than I'm used to in the office. Yeah, you know, you know how we were talking last week with the morning show, how it's it's just very jarring with with Steve Carell in that show. Mm-hmm. That's how I mean that's how Jack Ryan is with uh, John Krasinski. So the lady friend and I watched that whole first season. Haven't watched the second season yet, but um, I mean, I I think I've told you on this show like don't watch Jack Ryan. Like you would you would you would really not like it. Yeah, yeah. No worries. I will never, never watch that. There were moments and storylines where the lady friend and I were also kind of like, I don't really know about this. And that's, I think that's probably why we haven't really been in a hurry to watch season two. But um, anyway, uh, he, you know, he's not Jim from The Office in that show. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, Mad Men's been my background noise for a little bit, and it's fine. Um, I do for I did forget how great the theme song and the opening intro or title sequence to that show is, but otherwise exceedingly mediocre. But it it does its job. Um. Okay. So yeah. So I had sent over this thing. There's a quiz that was kind of going around Twitter, maybe last weekend. So four days ago. Um. It's really really good and fun. So I already. <laughs> third third beer <laughs> yeah i wish um uh yeah so uh i already took it but you have not but it only takes about three minutes to to take so yeah just start taking it let me know if you see any questions that are uh interesting to you and then yeah let's waste some time 
So I, I'm on the page you sent me and I click on begin assessment. <laughs> oh, Jesus. You, you're going to have to fast forward through this. So then, so what do you, what do you want me to do here? Well, just, I'll actually, I'll explain how the quiz works and you just do the thing. So basically oh, okay. it, the, the way the quiz works is that it shows you two adjectives and you click on the bar as to, you don't have to do it like 100% to one way or the other, but you'd kind of say of the two, where do you think you, um, lean? So for the first question it has, uh, for me, ferocious or pacifist. And I'm going to say 75% pacifist. And then am I wise or foolish? And it just goes on from there. So yeah, so this won't take you that long, but just like, don't think too much about it. And then basically at the end of this, it will, using crowdsourced uh, data from the tens of thousands of people who have taken this quiz, it will match you up on a percentage rank basis against um, the personas of many pop culture figures because okay. actually a lot of people were getting a lot of mileage out of sharing this on on twitter and, and and i did not know most of the people that i was suggested i was so i think you will have to explain a lot of these to me like i've googled them in the time since but so did you did you find a, a need to try to get the percentages exact exactly to like a you know 70 percent or 90 percent or if I am I thinking about it wrong? If I'm thinking that you're thinking way. about it too much, but that does kind of speak to something else where I don't like to leave like um, whenever there's a numeric increment on something. I don't I only I like leaving it on an even number or um, something divisible by uh, five or ten. So the so for the first couple, I was kind of worried about that, but then I realized it, it was going to take me too long because it's kind of it's kind of hard to get the slider exactly in a yeah where you um, have it on exactly kind of a number divisible by 10 let's say yeah so you keep doing it but uh, but at the end of this basically it will um some of the tv shows and in franchises that it pulls from are lost silicon valley star trek the office harry potter um uh sex in the city breaking bad the office forget if i already said that one um the lion king and whatever avatar the last airbender is so am i am i supposed to do the optional survey or get results immediately if you've done the 28 questions get results immediately okay i've done the 28 questions i'm clicking on get results it says that it's loading um it says that i'm a character from the big bang theory oh jesus Amy okay. Farrah Fowler i don't know if that's good or bad okay so w go to the thing where it says full match list um where's that okay full match list show so what what is your highest percentage rank of somebody that you know or that i would know <laughs> it would be uh number four which i I really like this one give me the percentage first 86 percent. okay c3po from star war shit are we gonna have very similar ones no. i i would imagine so my top i'll give you my top 10 Amy Farrah Fowler from The Big Bang Theory, don't know her. Simon Tam from Firefly, don't know him. Uh, the uh, Waylon Smithers. Oh, geez. So let me open up my laptop because that's where I took this. So I think that's where I saved my results. So that's you know from The Simpsons, of course. C-3PO, who I mentioned. Uh, Felix Gaeta from Battlestar Galactica, which is a show that I watch, but I, I don't, I'm bad with character names, so don't remember him or her. Uh, Jared Dunn from Silicon Valley. That's on my that's on my list uh, of shows to watch. So don't mm -hmm. know him. 
uh, Leonard Hofstadter, also from The Big Bang Theory, Miranda Hobbs from Sex and the City. Uh, oh, Bernard Lowe from Westworld. That's a, that's a fun God one. God damn it. Are we the same person? Fuck. Um, and then Evan from Superbad. I don't remember mm. him. And then an honorable mention, number 11, is Hermione Granger from Harry Potter, <laughs> which I think is also kind of a neat one. Yeah. Oh, Oh, how many, I, I so was, okay so of the top was, 10 how many do we have in common like six god damn it <laughs> you know what actually that sounds that actually strikes oh, me as being no because we're very similar but not. different in enough ways where six out of ten actually yeah that's that seems like this this checks out so my deal is not, not, not there's nothing against this but i was just i'm very shocked but i can kind of see what makes some of the similar uh actually i'm curious about the personality traits that do make it that way though so my number one is somebody i've never heard of whoever bernard Lowe is yeah from from westworld which by the way i'm not a chef's special or anything but i'm i'm watching season three of westworld very good mm-hmm. continue brandon stark oh huh. i don't know that, interesting I, I shared that with somebody else and then they said yes wait actually i want to know what what did they say of why that made sense um can I spoil Game of Thrones for you? Oh, sure. I don't care. Everybody dies at a wedding. Uh, well, he will. He so Brandon Stark actually becomes king at the end. So good for you. Yeah. Oh, they said yeah. No, that's a good one. He is the clever one that literally knows everything. Yeah, so. he he kind of he kind of plays the uh, he plays the long game through the whole thing, and then he becomes king. Hmm. He's he's the third tentpole. You got it. <laughs> so yeah, Bernard Lowe, Lane Price from Mad Men, C three PO, uh. Waylon Smithers. Um, Peter Gregory from Silicon Valley. Um, and then I also got, um, this was low, but you can also do the thing where you sort it just by a specific franchise and you can just see, cause even if you're like very, like your percentage match is very low with a particular TV show. Um, I think I was like 74% Gus Fring, which I kind of liked. Oh, I want to see Gus on my list. Let's so see. you have to go away from the thing where, because like, there's like 400 characters in here so what what did you what'd you say your percentage of gus fring was i think it was like 74 yeah mine's 70 yeah so i thought this was fun yeah again i don't i I don't i will never watch westworld probably unless somebody says season three is amazing uh but yeah don't know who bernard Lowe is but yeah i'll 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 take um uh whatever brand last name so what um so brandon stark did you say that was your number one no, no, he was like number four. He was eighty three percent. See, he's only sixty eight percent on mine. Weird. That's interesting. So, I'm not going to retake the quiz in front of you, but creative versus con- uh, conventional, forty percent or sixty percent creative, frugal, lavish, way towards frugal, ivory tower. I think I rank myself kind of high on that one. Anyway, stuff like that. Anyway, this is a very fun quiz. People should go take it. Yeah, this um, is one, good. You might learn something about yourself, but also I thought it was cool. Um, yeah, I, I, I didn't watch Friends much, but I think the closest one to me was Ross, and that was still like 65%. I don't know if he's the normal one on that show. I would yeah, actually, I would kind of expect, yeah, Ross is 82% for me, which that that definitely checks out. I would actually expect Chandler to be kind of high for me too. Oh, 67. Huh. Isn't isn't Chandler the dumb one or is that Joey? Uh Joey's kind of the he's not dumb, but he's he's 
naive, let's say. He's the how you doing guy, right? He is, yeah. Yeah, have have your uh, special lady friend take it. I want to know what she gets. Okay. Yeah, this is this was fun. I liked this. Yeah. All right, good show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. All right. Where's the doc? I've got too many tabs open already. Uh. Okay. Uh, you want to do some follow up? Uh, let's do it. Yeah. All right. Uh. I ha- oh, I'm, I'm going to take back seventy five percent of the kudos that I sent last week. Apparently, and, and this is a weird story, but apparently the stuff that Tesla and Elon Musk sent to hospitals weren't actually what they needed, kind of. Like, it, it sounds like it did serve some type of role, but they weren't actually ventilators. Like, I don't have a lot to say here, but this is, I don't know. It was weird. So they they sent... Uh, I don't know what a BiPAP machine is, BiPAP but apparently machine, it does. Yeah. It is useful, but apparently in, like, ICU situations... Like, and this is one of the things where on the internet, apparently everybody is a fucking uh, epidemiologist <laughs> and armchair yeah. uh, NICU person. Like, I, I don't want to claim to be that, but apparently that was not what it was supposed to be. And just... I mean, it's fine. I appreciate that he's trying to help, but yeah. Um, and we have this in follow up, but I'm not actually sure why. Oh, oh, the you so you have the thing about the MacBook Air in here. So this was a Wall Street Journal article by a friend of the show, Joanna Stern, who has been doing amazing stuff. She had two back to back uh dingers this week where she had had one good thing about uh face masks and face ID, and she had somebody on who actually figured out a way to make a um like a 3d modeled face mask that actually you could train face ID with, which is actually pretty neat. Like it's not a mass market product. It was more of like a, just a uh, design proof of concept thing. But, and also she reviewed the 2020 MacBook air, which she describes as one being an almost perfect computer, but highlights the fact that the webcam stinks, which it does as do almost all Apple webcams. And just kind of tying that back to the fact that since we're, so many of us are working from home and doing a lot of video chats that it's becoming increasingly obvious that, um, yeah, uh, laptop cameras stink. Well, and a computer that's focused on portability, not a huge selling feature when you can't really leave your house. Yeah. I forget if she, if she arrived at that conclusion, but yeah, it was, well, I mean, you don't think the MacBook Air is that much more portable compared to a 13 inch Mac pro, right? Well, that's, I mean, that's what a lot of, a lot of what the Apple folks think, so. Yeah, maybe. Um, It's very likely that Apple stores will not reopen until uh, early to mid-May. And that's it still seems, in flux. That seems exceedingly optimistic to me, but sure. Yeah, we'll see. Um, And then kind of, man, this is all COVID-19 follow-up. To pretend like anything else is going on right now. Yeah, I know, yeah. Um, so you had a you had a hot take on this, and I kind of didn't necessarily agree with it, but I wasn't gonna I wasn't gonna argue at the time, or but like I, I thought I'd save it for the show. So Marco Arment, who writes the Overcast app, has some basic analytics inside of his application, and he his data showed that uh, weekends uh, or sorry quarantine reduced app usage by about 20%, which he attributes likely to being commuter um, change habits, and that weekends were unchanged entirely uh, compared to a, um, like, a, what's the term? 
uh, I got like a control month, like a or like oh, a, a regular sure. one. Uh-huh. Yeah. And the total usage was down by about fifteen percent. And then I forget what you said. I think your thing was something about the that his audience is probably different than most, and that you thought that twenty percent was a gigantic drop, or you thought it was a very very significant drop. So please make your make your case. He ends this. Uh, he ends the the tweet, which will be in the notes. That total usage is down about fifteen percent, which. You know, podcasting by all accounts has been steadily growing for the past number of years. So a sudden, not only slowing in the growth rate, but actually a fairly significant trend in the opposite direction strikes me as being not insignificant. So to to phrase it as only a 15% drop just kind of strikes me as odd. And like you just alluded to, I think it's also missing a lot of context around who his audience is and how I would think that they're very likely to be the type of people who are kind of the more hardcore podcast listeners who are going to be kind of continuing to listen. I'd be really curious to see what these percentages are on a more uh, kind of mass audience type app, like just the, you know, the default podcast app in iOS. I would say maybe, but the counterpoint to like, so I don't have um, a rebuttal to your second argument, but the first one I would say is like, there's just been all these, um, I forget what the people can go look at last week. There's probably a link in the show notes to whatever we talked about, but there was some company that said like listenership was down by like 30 or 35%. So I think it was more the people who were saying, oh, nobody's commuting. So therefore podcasting is doomed. I think that's more of what this was maybe a... um, um, a comparative data point towards. Like, I don't think he was trying to to give some big um summary of the industry, but just some quick anecdotal uh, anecdata, as people will say. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, yeah, the Sony thing's not that interesting. Apparently, some uh, some uh, activist investors are trying to get Sony to split off their um more profitable businesses away from other things. So. The imaging and camera department, along with um, game consoles, is going into one business, and I think they're trying to spin off the, um, or not spin off, but uh, separate the um, P&L of the maybe less lucrative media businesses that Sony owns. So, is, so is this yeah. a is this an Alphabet situation? See, but Alphabet, I don't think they like other than just being confusing and the fact that Alphabet trades under ticker symbol G O O G, which is not confusing at all. <laughs> um, like is A B C D not uh, not already taken? Like how how do you not do that? Um, yeah, like Alphabet didn't really change anything, did they? Because even like aren't because the moonshot businesses and like the Waymo stuff that still is under the umbrella of Alphabet, right? It's just sort of separate, right? So it's not any different in terms of like a Wall Street perspective, right? A lot of it's kind of over my head, if I'm being perfectly honest. Yeah, it's never stopped me before. You're an American <laughs> with internet access. You can... Sky's the limit. Yeah. Um. Oh, well, and actually, you know, okay, so this will be a transition into regular stuff, even though it actually isn't. But I do want to talk about this because I, I, I was very happy with this. So previous Chef Special has been a Mac app called Better Touch Tool. And I figured out something that, so I've been spending some of this, uh, the downtime between meetings and, and just me not being able to leave the house and not being able to do stuff. I've been trying to edit a bunch of, a, like a decade worth of photos that I haven't really, um, like just off and on, there's like some just 
shoots and stuff that I never edited or posted online. So I've been working on that. And editing can be kind of tedious in Lightroom after a while. So uh, have you spent ample time in Lightroom recently? Uh, No, not really. Okay, but you've spent some time this year, right? Yes. And you've tried editing photos rather than just sorting them? Yes. Okay. So when you're in the develop module, you have all of your like exposure controls and you can adjust the shadows and tone curves and stuff like that. So when you're editing like your 900th photo of the afternoon, it gets kind of tiring and, and annoying. So you can make presets and stuff like that. But one of the things that I figured out is that I can use better touch tool. Actually, let me step back for a second. So let's say you wanted to like boost or reduce the shadows in Lightroom. It really feels like there should be some way where you can just kind of use your mouse's scroll wheel plus like some type of modifier key to adjust that. And unfortunately, there isn't a way to do that. So basically, you have to drag the slider or key in a value every single time. So the Logitech MX Ergo trackball weirdo mouse that I have has two buttons, two tiny buttons to the left of the left clicky thing, the left mouse button. Um, And I was able to use Better Touch Tool to map those to the keyboard shortcut that moves an adjustment slider in Lightroom by plus or minus five, which has made editing like orders of magnitude faster. And I'm so happy. Like I like whenever I'm able to automate a task or make a small adjustment that makes something way easier. And this totally paid off and it is so fast. And I'm, I'm so I'm, I'm kicking myself for not having done it three years ago, even though I didn't have this mouse three years ago. Yeah, pretty great huh yep yeah i i have um better touch tool but don't really use it for a ton like i i've used it for setting a uh, just a quick keyboard shortcut to put my mac to sleep since mm-hmm. well which is not really being used anymore because i specifically have that for when i'm in a open office situation mm-hmm. um yeah, I don't really use it for a ton. Using it uh, or utilizing those extra buttons on your mouse with it, though, that does seem pretty smart. What mouse do you use? Or do you uh, use like we, a we talked, we talked about this uh, last week. Thanks for listening. Um, <laughs> when we were talking about the iPad uh, cursor stuff, I have the Logitech oh, MX yeah, Master you, you said you have the one where you can, you can pair it to three devices. Okay, I remember Correct. now. Yeah. Well, that's the thing where, again, and not to criticize your choice here, but isn't the MX Master the one that's like a gamer mouse that has like fucking like 8,000 buttons on it? Uh, I think they have, I think the MX, I think it's like a line of mice. Because the one that I have, I would not describe as being a gaming mouse. Although it is under the Logi brand. So maybe it is gaming focused. But it, I mean, does, it's, it's a very does like. Does have this weird, um, like the second scroll thing on the side? It does, yeah. Hmm. Which I've, I've never, I've never, I've never cared for the um, like limitless scrolling thing. Do you like that, or do you turn that feature off? Where like you can spin it so fast that it just goes forever. I go, I go back and forth. Right now, it's on the traditional scrolling, and that's where it is most of the time. But um, I guess if I'm feeling frisky, I'll I'll put the infinite scrolling on. <laughs> uh, probable show title. <laughs> <laughs> Although it's got to it's got to compete with. Um, more than double though um 
Yeah, I don't know. It's fine. Uh, what was I going to say? Oh, go quick. Uh, like a, a value add here. Associating the command H keyboard shortcut with the pressing down on the scroll wheel, I find to be a very useful shortcut. Uh, so what, what is that one more time? So you use better touch tool to map, like, you know, the, you click, like you use the scroll wheel as a button. Mm-hmm. And you map that to command H, and that hides the foremost application. Oh, yeah, yeah that's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, all right. So yeah, do you want? Actually, this is kind of just a week of like just a bunch of little follow up things. So can you tell me what? Uh, how? Uh, whoever is in charge of Phil's coffee operation should be like put in charge of FEMA or something like. Yeah, so they <laughs> you had you had you had some observations here. Yeah, so they they closed on March seventeenth when everything was kind of first becoming horrible. Um, and they they've been sort of like the first business, at least that I've seen, that made the decision to entirely close. That's now reopening in some capacity. Um, and when you sent me this link, I was I was really intrigued because. I I figured that it would basically just be like okay well we've you know we've moved to mobile uh app ordering only and I kind of thought that would be the end of the story and that you know that would make that would make some sense but they actually list out all of the different steps that they're uh taking like the the reasons why they feel like it they can safely reopen um and there's so many smart things here including um having the same team members work together each day uh limiting team members to no more than 3 so they can be at least 6 feet away at all times um they're going to be subject employees will be subject to daily symptom checks including temperature reads um you're going to be able to set an exact time to pick up your coffee which means that there won't be you know groups of people all waiting to pick up coffee at the same time. Um, just really, really well thought out. And actually, it, it just it rings true, or it um, not rings true. It 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 kind of stuck with me because I think that's why I'm so like pessimistic about this whole situation right now. Is because I mean, yes, what we're doing now with social distancing is working, but none of us want to keep this up for you know a long period of time but the you know the current alternative is to stop doing any sort of social distancing or starting to eliminate most of it without any sort of like alternative plan like if we were to stop socially distancing now there is no there is no concrete plan to be able to ease back into normalcy without having cases spike again so seeing something like this sort of um i don't know i i I thought it i thought it was it was really nice to see something so well thought out yeah it's good and like in with firsthand knowledge like there are a lot of companies that are doing similar things but it's communicated really really well uh here and phil's always uh, a really good company with in terms of communication and this is something they they didn't just all of a sudden decide to do this they piloted it at a couple of stores in the bay area first um and then kind of rolled it out because apparently it was successful so 
pretty cool. Um, what else? So did you did you give this a try today? I haven't just because I have plenty of coffee at home right now, and also just taking unnecessary trips. Yeah, like the fills is is a fifteen minute walk from my house. Don't be creepy. But um, yeah, I don't know. I just I don't need to. Like I've actually like grocery shopping. Not not to move off this topic too quickly, but grocery shopping is just one of my like little pleasures in life and it sucks that i've had to like i'm I'm consolidating everything i need i'm not going to multiple stores i'm trying to make it at least a week between grocery I store know. trips just because it's not yeah i was i was gonna say this i i'm i we have a little market just down the street here and you know under normal circumstances i i usually stop in there at least a few times a week just to pick up little things here and there and i've really tried to get it down so that i only go once a week and when I'm there, I've got a list, you know, it's generally organized by area and I'm, I'm in and I'm out. Yeah. I, I've had good luck where like, and I love the hell out of Trader Joe's, Trader Joe's, and I'm sorry, nothing against the store or the company, but like it, it feels like the lines and like just the amount of people going to Trader Joe's, like, I don't know what people are doing. Like just, there's still so many people there all the time, uh, where I've kind of moved some of the, like, I, I, did one big run like a week and a half ago where i just got like a month worth of snacks and then i'm just going to the more expensive like grocery store but that's way less crowded in my neighborhood than like a safeway or a target and just doing that well that's yeah i mean our our little market here is exactly the same way where you know i i do stop by there normally a few times a week but it's it's just little one-off things here and there where um, yeah, the price difference between picking up that one thing from there versus Safeway is minimal, but doing all of our grocery shopping <laughs> there does end up being quite a bit more expensive. But the great thing about it is their their stock of everything's been pretty good. It's never crowded, so you know it's it's worth the extra cost right now. Yeah, because yeah, I um. I was out, I, I, I stopped by um, a local Target, and you'll be able to figure out which one based on the next thing I'm about to say. Um, and there's a Costco kind of in that same area. Mm-hmm. And I, I drove by there just just kind of out of curiosity. And it this was a s- middle of the day on a Saturday, so busy time at Costco. Yeah. But the the line outside, I just... I cringed when I saw it and it, I mean, it looked probably longer than it was because everybody was standing six feet apart, but, um, kind of has turned me off of the idea of like ever going to Costco until things, you know, start to, to get back to normal. Yeah. So that particular Costco is, is kind of always crazy and it's, a, it's, it's a very, very but busy. It's not really. I mean, compared to, san francisco costco's which is kind of all i had known before moving out here to suburbia i I actually don't think it's that bad uh the one other thing that i will bring up is that um i had to so this is another company kind of taking not taking it seriously but that's kind of adapting their business model on the fly to to still make this work so i had to pick up something that was elect uh, that technology related um and with Amazon being kind of really hard to buy stuff. And this, again, this is not a knock on Amazon, but like the ship times on almost anything right now on Amazon yeah. are kind of like Amazon is not really open for business. Right. Because, because that's the other part where 
it seems like everything that maybe I just have like a skewed perspective and I'm buying a lot of stuff locally that maybe other people are choosing to buy on Amazon, but it feels like they say they're prioritizing shipment of like household stuff. But if like, anytime I do search for something, I'm like, Oh yeah, the local stores out of this, does Amazon have it? The answer is no. So then I'm not actually sure what are people buying on Amazon? Cause everything else says April like 28th as a ship date. Right. Which is, which is fine, but I'm not sure what household stuff people are shopping for. But anyway, so I had to get something that was technology related in person and, uh, uh, Best Buy has a very good, they call it contactless curbside pickup. Yeah. Where you just drive up and they're just like, they just ask your phone number and your last name and your ID. And then they just put whatever it is in your trunk and off you go. And that particular uh, Best Buy in Santa Rosa had um, a Costco in it as well. And I was driving towards the exit. And yeah, there was a line like the size of like three costco's long to get in the store and it was very um like just like the the mental image or just it's 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 weird yeah Tar- target has that whole curbside pickup thing too and i've i utilized that for the first time during all of this and that's that's very very well done yeah um what else what else mm. Actually, let's take a diversion. I want you to talk for a bit. What's uh, what's your deal with you, you put this in here with a couple of rotating lights? You wanted to talk about Twitter for a minute. Yeah, I um, I think I've given up on Twitter. Ooh, yeah. I think I'm welcome. I think I'm done. Explain. Well, so it's a combination of things. Um, one being that. Life is just sort of busy at the moment, even though, you know, not busy in the sense that I'm going lots of places, but busy in the sense that, you know, I've I've returned to work since being on parental leave and things are a little busy there. And, you know, hey, I'm, I'm a new parent. Um, so there just isn't a lot of time in the day to for Twitter. And I I was more and more often finding myself like trying to squeeze Twitter in as opposed to having it just be something that I have the time to do during the day. And as I started to feel that, that led me to start questioning really like what I was getting out of it. Um, and then the other big factor is, I mean, it's, it's just, and I'm, you know, as, as you've been kind of repeatedly saying, this isn't necessarily like a knock against anybody, but like, it's just, it's just coronavirus stuff all the time, nonstop. And it's like, we're in a mode right now where basically nobody knows like i think the people who you can sort of like trust the most are the ones who are raising their hands and being like hey nobody knows right now and so again that returns back to the question i just posed a minute ago which is sort of like what's the value i'm getting out of this if i'm just reading through a bunch of stuff of people speculating on various statistics and graphs and you know what you know what the worst thing in the world is is opening twitter and hearing people argue for and against how many people have died it's not it's not good. So so my Twitter use now there's actually been um a few days in the past week that I just haven't looked at it at all. Um and the only thing that I think I miss from that are Darce tweets. So now I've gotten into a mode where once or twice a day I'll just look at his feed. And then that's it. 
So we'll we'll see if it's other, if this is like a permanent thing or if this is just kind of a temporary Twitter burnout, maybe. But yeah, I'm, I just I'm kind of I'm kind of done with it for now. So good. I mean, like I'm I'm I'm, I'm proud of you for identifying that and not just continuing to just like stare at the sadness box. Yeah. Like the one thing, and again, I'm not preaching cause I still, I look at my, I've broken my five or like my 10 minute limit or whatever I used to go by. And I'm looking at it way more just cause I'm just always in front of a goddamn screen. But, um, have you just tried uninstalling it from your phone and maybe, but again, like if you're, if you're able to go cold Turkey on it, then actually don't change anything. But have you just considered uninstalling it from your iPad and iPhone and just doing the thing that I do where you just use it in the browser if you have to? Because the nice thing about the algorithmic timeline is it it knows that I want to look at the Darth stuff and it just bubbles that to the top. Is that is that only is that only an option through the native Twitter stuff? Exactly. Yeah, I know everybody hates the algorithm. Like, or all the that's another thing about like this is a parallel with your Overcast thing. Like, I know all like the tech nerds hate the algorithmic stuff, but I don't have the time or attention. Actually, I kind of do, but I don't have the sanity to read every tweet. And just seeing what's happening at this exact precise moment in time is not that useful to me. But yeah, the algorithmic timeline is is exclusive to the native iOS and or the, the native Twitter apps and the twitter.com website. So honestly, I would I would just delete it from your mobile devices and maybe pop into the web every once in a while. Because you get the, you get the dark stuff. Yeah, that was actually the other thing that started to make me question what I was doing with it was because of the speed at which things have been happening recently and given my lack of time during the day to check on twitter it's like when i would i'd be looking at tweets from three hours ago that you know basically aren't worthwhile reading anymore Mm -hmm. so um yeah i don't i don't really even think i'm going to do the algorithmic thing i think i'm just going to continue to just just not really use twitter for a while one thing i'm going to boast about is that i did get a darth retweet this week pretty proud i saw that that was that was good and 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 rightfully so that it looked like a a, a very good dinner i do have to make a uh, proper crunchy potatoes because i do have another five pound bag because again I'm, I'm shopping for weeks at a time so that was the first five pound bag of potatoes i've got another one and see what i can <laughs> see what i can make with that uh, do you remember last real quick do you remember the last year when there was that uh potato tanker that overturned <laughs> I do. I miss that being um, something that could occupy an entire weekend on the internet, as yeah. opposed to all this. Ugh. Anyway, sorry. What are you proposing? I, I would. I would propose maybe one more quick topic, chef specials, and then we call it an evening. Sure. Can I? Can I yell about a Zoom for a minute? Uh, sure. Yeah. Did you listen to Upgrade? <sighs> I have not. <laughs> the 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 the, pod, the podcast. Uh, so. Oh, so, so do, you, do you need a podcast stimulus plan? <laughs> um, pretty good, pretty good. Um, so similar to the topic, the topic list overfloweth. <laughs> similar to um, kind of my um, bankruptcy declaration with Twitter, I, I feel like that day is coming with podcasts too, where I'm. There's just going to have to be a hard conversation with myself about kind of clearing out some of the podcasts that I have in overcast um, upgrade will, will not be one of those. I'll continue to listen to upgrade, but um, we're, we've, we've reached the point now where I regularly don't listen to upgrade until 
I mean, sometimes like not even until it's already been out a week. So I become like a week behind, I get lapped as you would say. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, no, I, I have not listened to upgrade this week. This was what I'm saying. So I actually, I'm, I'm thinking there's actually not anything fruitful from specifically taking issue with some of the stuff that was said on upgrade. Cause again, everybody's opinions are own. It doesn't actually matter, but you, if you people look at people can go back and look at tech meme, but they're like, this has been a week for zoom. Uh, so it's a company, it's, it's an enterprise video company that because of this whole work from home and quarantine stuff has become, um, an oddly, actually, I'm not sure if it's that odd, but kind of like a surprise consumer, like hyper aware, like, well, how would you describe the, how like zoom is now just like a verb that people say, which it never was before. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's, that's a good way of saying it. I mean, I, you know, I, I, I mean, I, I practically live in Zoom, it feels like now, you know, as I, my company uses Zoom. You work for a small company. Um, and we're, you know. about Cisco WebEx? Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, no, we, there's a, there's a third party partner that we're currently working with who runs a lot of meetings with us and that's, that's what they use. So I've, I've got plenty of experience with that too. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so Zoom is, they, they've gotten really popular really fast um, with, with, uh, users that are outside of their core business. And with that, there have been a lot of things that have gone along with that, where there's now, because it's so popular, it has gotten increased press scrutiny. And do you remember last year when Zoom had a thing where in order, like, and this applied specifically to devices running OS ten, where if you installed the app, like it would, it would embed like a silent web server that made it easier to reinstall at a later date am i characterizing that right maybe well i think did, did it, the whole purpose was that it was supposed to because like didn't like apple made a change where um you had to basically like confirm that you wanted to open zoom like if you had clicked a link maybe that sounds maybe right but then they had come up with a way to basically bypass that and the way to do it was yeah, by basically running some like local local web server on your on your Mac, so, something like that. So that happened last year, and everybody was like, "Oh yeah, that that's kind of that's fucking crazy." And that that actually made Apple like pull the kill switch on a thing. Like they actually released an OS update to basically delete that from every Mac that connects to the internet. Like that, it was it was madness. And then like in Zoom, have like a really shitty response to it where they're like. Somebody reported it as security vulnerability, and they were like, no, it's working as designed, and no, this isn't an issue. And then it took them like five days to actually say, okay, yeah, our bad. Even though it wasn't really their bad, it was intentional. So yes, yeah, I think everybody forgot about that. But I think at that time, a lot of people were like, yeah, this, this, that's kind of messed up that a company feels that they can do that. And that's kind of like a, a ham-fisted way of dealing with local user security policy. So anyway... Zoom's now super popular, especially with consumers. And now that kids are having to do school from home, like that's it's a free service for up to 40 minutes and it's reasonably priced for other applications and people are using it a whole bunch. And there have been kind of various issues with Zoom that cropped up. There's one thing where you can kind of just like scour the web for open Zoom meetings that don't have a password and do Zoom bombing where people have been um, broadcasting pornography and hate speech and stuff into unsecured zoom rooms 
uh, Zoom has lied, like specifically lied about the fact that their service is end-to-end encrypted. And they basically said, well, no, with our definition of, with our marketing definition of end-to-end encryption, it is, except it's not. Uh, They were allegedly misrouting traffic to go through Chinese servers to handle the capacity, like a whole lot of really not great things this week. And then apparently there's some vulnerability. What what was the other big one this week? I forget. Uh, But yeah, they've, they've had a whole lot of issues. And basically people have been talking about, oh yeah, well, how should they deal with this? Is it just a company that's kind of like Uber getting a ton of scrutiny all because they're getting big? And is that actually a sign of success or kind of is this the media just looking for somebody to beat up on or is this real? And my, I don't really have a, a dog in that fight, but um, on certain, uh, one of the opinions, and this was something that was brought up on Upgrade, was that kind of they're like, oh yeah, it's a startup. There are growing pains with a startup. Do you agree with that characterization? Um, well, I agree that it's reality, but I don't necessarily agree that that's an excuse. My so yeah, but my biggest complaint about that is that Zoom isn't a startup. Do you agree with that? Oh, totally. Yeah, I mean they're they're I mean they're they're publicly traded now, aren't they? Correct. So that was my big complaint about like so there was there was like a okay, I guess I'm going to talk about it, but there was like a 10 or 15 minute whole thing on upgrade about this. And one of the hosts was making the specific point. They're like, "Yeah, there's just growing pains from a startup." And I'm like, Fuck no, they're not. Like it's a public company. They've been around since 2011. They are an enterprise-focused company, which would make you think that security is actually way more important to that specific audience. Like regular old consumers are very used to the trade-off of their privacy for a free service. So I would feel like that's the fact that it's now consumer-facing makes it that's that's less of an excuse. But this is a company that employs 2,000 people. You don't get to use the we're just a tiny company, move fast and break things thing when you're almost a decade old and you have 2,000 employees. I guess I, I that's mostly it or what I want to to get off my chest about. Like it was just, I don't know, like it's a good product. And one of the reasons why people like Zoom as opposed to Skype and a lot of other things is they've made a lot of decisions in product design that make it be the easiest to use and kind of like a one or two click application but so many of those things, when you hold them up to scrutiny, is the fact that they have made willful decisions on user privacy and security to make it that easy to use and frictionless, which are generally considered bad security practices. And that's something that people can debate, but shrugging it off as they're a startup, whatevs, is, I think, a horrifically bad take. Can I can I take this and turn this into a maybe a slightly more positive note to end on? I challenge you to try. Okay. Have you have you done any of these like virtual happy hours or anything or like re- replicated any sort of like virtual meetup that you would normally do in person but online? Yeah, my book club moved online. Yeah. It, how how's that been for you? Fine. I mean, it, like I I thought it was nice. Like I, I some people like I mean it's kind of like nobody wants to have now like friend video conferences on a day of regular video conferences, but yeah, but it's nice. That's so that that's been, yeah, that's the one challenge is that, you know, I, I spent all day on zoom. And so in the evening, sometimes it's like, I don't want to be on zoom anymore. 
Um, but um, we've done a few of the the virtual happy hours of friends, and that's that's actually been that's been fun. Um, it's like I can I can probably count the number of times that I had done video chats like not outside of work hours, like on one hand prior to all of this, but mm-hmm. um, have been doing it quite a bit more frequently lately, and it's. It's been nice. It is, definitely. But the point still stands for a lot of the other stuff. But yeah, but it is it is nice. And again, I mean, if this whole coronavirus situation gives us a way to realize that, hey, we can actually be kind of close to people we care about more consistently. Like, I mean, I don't know. It's kind of the same way that never like since the shelter in place and social distancing thing seems to and well maybe it's a factor of gyms being closed but it feels like i see way more people exercising outside than i ever have before maybe that's what video conferencing is it's social exercise that's deep Mm -hmm. all right what you got for chef specials so i've got two i got a quick one they're both quick um the first is actually related to what we were just talking about Mm -hmm. um facetime also not something i like I've probably used like three times in my whole life prior to all of this, but, um, you know, to, to get personal for a second, like one of the things that the lady friend and I were really looking forward to was going down to Southern California to visit some of my family and have them, you know, meet our baby. And, you know, we're not going to be able to do that for some unknown period of time here. Um, and so I've been FaceTiming with my grandma and it's been, it's been great. And you like, for as easy as something like zoom is, my grandma's actually pretty darn savvy with her iPad. So she probably could figure it out, but even eliminating the need to download any sort of app or set up an account and just to literally be able to be on a phone call with her and say, Hey, I'm going to switch this over to a video call. All you need to do is press the green button. That's going to pop up on your screen and the video call will just start. Like that's been tremendously cool. So I can't say how much I'm going to use FaceTime once things go back to normal, but at least for the moment that we're in, I'm really appreciative of having something like that, which just literally has zero friction. Yeah. Um, so then the second one, also keeping things positive. Um, so it, it's, a, it's a general pick, but then I'll make it more specific. Pixar movies in 4K on an OLED screen. Just a, a wonderful movie viewing experience. And what's, what, what prompted this is that, um, as we were talking about last week, Disney released Onward which is a movie that had just been out in theaters a month ago um, for free on Disney plus this past weekend. And so the lady friend and I watched it and it's, it's in you know, full Dolby vision with HDR, all that good stuff and 4k on Disney plus. And it just is, it just looks tremendous. So, yeah, <laughs> you didn't say anything about the content of the movie. But the, and the, 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 the movie is, the movie's fine. It's surprising. Surprise, surprisingly surprisingly dark and mature for a Pixar movie, I would say. Which is not what the trailers would lead you to believe, but... Um, it's a lot it, like Jack Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, whenever you start talking about a movie and you're mostly talking about the picture quality, that probably says it. That's plenty. Yeah. Uh, do I have anything? Uh, sure, I do. Okay. This is an incredibly um, specific picture, or not picture, um, pick. But that's not what I wanted. Okay. Do you have, do you have a printer? I do. Do you have a photo printer? No. Okay. So my pick is going to be the whatever Ink Press Media RC Luster Paper for Inkjet. So this is this is not a, <laughs> specific to this. <laughs> God, you are so old. What? <laughs> Recommending photo paper. So no, so I'm, I'm the photo paper. That's that, that's a dime a dozen. Like I will. My my general advice would be one: if you want to print photos at home, which again when you can leave your house and you can take pictures of your kid outside. I assume you will want to. You you go pick up the Canon Pixma Pro 100 printer, which there's always a like $250 manufacturer rebate on. And usually you can get the cost of the printer down to like 200 bucks. It's totally worth it. And the ink is reasonably as priced. Photo paper, easy to find. Canon stuff is usually on sale too at B&H and it's fine. But there is one thing where, like have you ever thought about like picture aspect ratios? I know the answer is no, but it's... Um, no, yeah, not really. Yeah, that's fine. So, like, if you think of... Like, if you, if you were to print out a photo, like, at a 4x6 or an 8x10, do you think those end up looking different other than the size? I It just seems like a leading question, so it I'm going to say yes. Oh, well then, yeah, you're definitely right. So if you divide uh, 10 divided by 8, that's a 1.25 aspect ratio. But if you think of, like, the traditional, like, photo print, like a 4x6 uh, print... That's a 1.5 aspect ratio photo. So the larger you normally print a photo, most of the conventional photo sizes are much more square than they are rectangular. And this particular paper is like it's the only paper I've been able to find on the internet that is a 1.5 aspect ratio. And this allows you to make larger prints where you don't have to crop a photo in a super weird, unnatural way. Like eight by tens work for portraits and certain types of photos, but a lot of other things, <clears throat> you don't get to that standard aspect ratio with a large print until you get to like a thirteen by nineteen, which is just insane for many reasons. So yeah, that's why I'm recommending this extremely specific product, which is nice semi gloss photo paper that is at a one point five aspect ratio. Huh. The more you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 